Hello and welcome to the first Sea Trade Cruise Talks podcast. I'm Ann Kalosh, and today I'm going to be talking with Peter Holt, maritime expert and founder of a company that provides medical services to more than 170 cruise ships globally. It's called VCAND Solutions. Now to the latest on the group of passengers stranded at sea. Their coronavirus-infected cruise ship is trying to dock after four people have died and many on board are reporting flu-like symptoms. The ship has been turned away by other countries and leaders here in the U.S. are also calling for the ship to find another place to dock. Fairly or not, cruise ships have been closely associated with COVID-19. Peter is going to talk about some of the new technologies and strategies the cruise industry is looking at in order to safely resume sailing. I spoke from my desk in Washington, D.C. via Microsoft Teams with Peter, who's typically based in South Florida, the cruise capital of the world. But for now, like many of us, he's working from home in his case, in the tranquil Florida panhandle. Nary a cruise ship in sight for either one of us. Welcome, Peter. First, tell us a bit about VCAN Solutions and its role in the cruise industry. VCAN, which means we can in Swedish, it's our can-do philosophy. We're providing medical services to the maritime industry including running the medical facilities on board cruise ships, as well as providing some of the auxiliary services that the cruise industry requires to be able to operate a safe healthcare operation daily, including biomedical equipment, maintenance and annual calibration. We're providing case management services for crew and guests. We just rolled out a mental wellness program, which we think is very important to all of those seafarers out there that are stuck on ships today. So. It is a customized program for those crew members specifically, which we're very proud of providing as well. So in totality, we really provide a a holistic approach to the totality of healthcare, as well as some public health services to the cruise industry as well. Well, that's great. You have a lot of experience in this area, so I appreciate that you have the time to talk with us today. I wanted to first ask you about the image of cruise ships. They've been closely associated in the public eye with the novel coronavirus. Why were there so many outbreaks on cruise ships? I would challenge that to say that there wasn't that many, actually. The reason there is a perception of a lot of coronaviruses on ships is because of the nature and the strength of the cruise industry being able to manage and record what is going on on those ships. If you had the same ability in Las Vegas or New York, I think we would have a totally different picture of number of infected people with coronavirus. So I think it's almost a curse because the cruise industry is as good as it is in terms of managing healthcare on board, as well as understanding the data and the data requirement. So the perception, it's just the perception. When you're trying to balance that out against what's happening in the world, we didn't have any more outbreaks on a ship than anywhere else. On the contrary, what I will say is that because of the challenging nature when we had one or two or five confirmed cases of COVID-19, 
we had challenges to get into ports. We had challenges in getting people to ports or states or countries to provide higher level of support. As a result of that, the outbreaks continue to grow on board this ship. So in many ways, in my mind, the reason we even had as many people infected was really because of the nature of countries not stepping up to their responsibility, which really is by law to provide care when a ship is in need. So I think it was a failure on the total nature of countries around the world not offering the assistance and the success of the cruise industry being able to monitor and and understand their situations on board. I don't know if you agree with that, Anne, but that's absolutely my opinion. And I think we as a cruise industry have done a really good job. I think it's more of a perception issue. Peter, who oversees healthcare on cruise ships? Many agencies. In in the cruise industry, you just don't have one agency. Uh, It starts with the flag state. The flag state gets information from International Maritime Organization. Then every time a ship is going into port, you have port state looking at it. In the U.S., you have the CDC and the Vessel Sanitation Program that provides guidance. If a ship is going into the European Union, you have healthy gateways. And you have the same in Australia and Brazil and so on. So the cruise industry is incredibly well regulated, have very strong oversight, and they have to prove their adherence to the regulations every time they're going into a port. So very strong regulatory oversight. And then the cruise industry is working very closely with the American College of Emergency Physicians to set really strong guidelines as to how we manage healthcare on board. So the guidelines on board are very similar to what you would expect to receive in the US. Long answer to a quick question, Anne, but really the oversight is overwhelmingly strong and we anticipate that to continue to become even stronger after this COVID-19 period that we've gone through at the moment. Well, given all the discussions that are going on now with public health authorities, how might the cruise experience change going forward when cruises are able to operate again? Well, I think there is going to be a phase one and phase two. For sure, initially, is going to be very balanced. I think we're going to focus a lot on social distancing. We're going to focus a lot on protecting ourselves with face masks. I think that cruise lines will reduce the number of passengers on board and to ensure that we can have this social distancing. Sanitation is going to be really a big focus. And, and just let me be clear again that healthcare and public health on board ships has always been very strong. It's going to be even stronger, better than you will ever find in any other environment around the world. So in addition to that, you will have a lot of testing and screening. So testing of all guests and crew before embarkation. We definitely anticipate that to be the nature. And there will probably be situations where there's going to be testing while on board as well. And possibly there are going to be different types of screenings when people come back from shore excursions and so on. I think there's going to be a big difference. I don't think we're going to see many open buffets anymore and there will be some operating changes. So there will definitely be an impact on the guest experience, but hopefully that guest experience, they will appreciate that balanced against the safety of being on board. And again, if I cannot stress this enough, the environment on board a ship is already very safe and it will become ultra safe. Put yourself in a situation if you go on South Beach, which I love. I don't mind South Beach at all. They compare the public health 
protocols in a bar or restaurant of South Beach with a bar or restaurant on board a cruise ship is very different. And I think cruisers into the future will appreciate the fact that the corporation is standing behind their public health and sanitation and medical support to be on a ship. So I think there's going to be changes. And then gradually when the vaccine is coming around, I think we slowly are going to see a taper off from that, but I don't think we ever will go back to where we have been. You mentioned social distancing. How would that even be possible on a cruise ship? First of all, the ships may carry 75% or 65 or 60% of the passenger complement. So they will reduce the number of people tremendously. And I think they will work very actively in making sure that each establishment on the ship is going to reduce the number of people in the establishment. And I think they will put in very clear guidelines in terms of where you can sit, where you can stand, where you can congregate. I think the show lounges will have very designated approach to how you sit down and watch a show. I think it's just going to be protocol based. I think there's going to be people on board the ship that will make sure that social distancing is taking place in a positive way. I mean, I'm not trying to say this in any negative way. It's all based on trying to create a positive and safe environment. So I think it's very positive. I think there will be a challenge commercially, but that's not what we're talking about here today. But I am feeling for the cruise lines commercial interest because it will be a challenge for them to generate sufficient revenue to be able to continue to operate. But I know the cruise industry is a resilient industry and they will find a way to make this work for all of us. Well, it's also been reported that those 70 or older and anyone with an underlying health condition, such as diabetes or high blood pressure, may need to obtain a doctor's note to be able to take a cruise. What do you think of a requirement like this, Peter? So we have a strong opinion about that. It is our view that a chronological age of 70 is not the same as the physiological age of 70. We know many people over 70 that can run a marathon. And I know many people that are much younger than 70 that would never be able to run a marathon. So. The purpose here is not to exclude people at a certain age. I think that's a really bad idea. It's not the right thing to do, and that's not what we are supposed to do. I think we should be careful with people that have certain pre-existing conditions. And I think we need to put in protocols where people are mindful about their own health when they come on board a ship. I think that's really important. In the U.S., they have decided to remove that requirement as of April 3rd. We think that was a really good decision. But there is other jurisdictions around the world that still maintain the 70-year-plus rule. Hopefully, they will start looking at it from more of a, let's say, physiological standpoint and not be so worried about the actual number. I mean, you all know that we know many, many, many young 70-year-olds, and they should not be punished just because they're 70. That's not right. I also have a question about uh, temperature checks, which you mentioned. Taking people's temperatures to screen for coronavirus was something the cruise lines were doing even before the service shut down, and something that airports, particularly in Asia, were doing as well. Yet, I read a recent study that showed fewer than one-third of people who were sick enough to be hospitalized for coronavirus did not present a fever. So is temperature taking still a useful screening tool? 
So let me start off by saying that when we started off taking temperatures of passengers and crew and, and in airports and so on, that was a direct reaction to what we believe to be the symptoms about a month, month and a half, two months ago. They've learned a lot about the COVID-19 over the past few months, and we recognize that there's many different symptoms associated with COVID-19, as well as we have recognized that not all COVID-19 symptomatic patients have fever. So we have recognized that. In terms of using thermometers and temperature screening as a tool in the package of solutions to try to identify somebody with COVID-19, we think it's a really good tool. It's one of the tools and we need to look at it in the totality. And let's face it, if you're able to screen one third of the people that have COVID-19, I think that's really good. It's better than zero. So I think we should use it. It needs to be part of the tool, but it's not the only tool. It's part of the solution that we're working with. So I think we should continue doing it and it should be part of the tool chest today. about cruising in the COVID-19 era from medical expert Peter Holt of VCAN Solutions. Our chat turned to some of the new strategies and technologies for preventing the spread of the virus on cruise ships. Well, again, I'm, I'm going to just applaud the cruise industry again. This industry is always looking at innovations, always looking at new solutions. And I will say that this industry today have looked at many, many, many new innovative technologies that will help the industry along in managing this new world of COVID-19. One of the, the technologies that we think is very important and that we work very closely with is what we call the Hygiene C technology. It's a technology that basically introduces an immune system within the ship, replicating what Mother Nature does outdoors. Outdoors, when the sun hits the Earth's atmosphere, they create hydroxyls, and hydroxyls is a natural way of killing viruses and bacteria, as well as reduce pathogens and break apart different uh, smoke and gases and whatnot. But we don't have those hydroxyls indoors, and there is technologies available today that can produce those natural hydroxyls indoors. And as a result of that, when you introduce that into a cruise ship, as an immune system, you will reduce the amount of pathogens in the air and on surfaces. And every time you introduce a new pathogen, such as COVID-19, as an aerosolized situation, you will have it sanitized by 99% in the first 15 minutes and 99.99% in the first hour. So think about it. If you sneeze in a room, you're going to have aerosolized viruses and bacteria floating around in the environment. Without hydroxyls, they're going to continue to float around until they finally settle down on the floor on some surfaces. With this technology, with the Hygiene C Solutions technology, they will reduce that by 99% in the first 15 minutes. As well as on surfaces with viruses, it will reduce and sanitize the surfaces every three hours. So this is a time where we have to work really smart in the cruise industry. And this technology is one of the technologies that can really provide a public health protection within the ship. 
supporting other solutions like surface sanitations technologies. There's many new ones coming out that is totally natural and harmless to people. So you don't even have to use chemicals anymore. They're food grade, they're no rinse. I mean, the type of solutions coming out today is just mind-blowingly good, and we appreciate that tremendously. As well as there's new technologies where you can check your hands after you have washed your hands. Cross-contamination with your hands is a, is a key issue in public health. So you wash your hands, you need to sing happy birthday once or twice, and then you put your hands under this device that will tell you if your hands are free of viruses, bacteria, or not. The device will give you a, uh, a pass or no pass. And if you don't rewash your hands within the next 30 seconds to a minute, you have to rewash your hands. And if you don't rewash your hands, an alert will go up. And I think for me, this is where it creates certainty in hand washing. This is really cool as well. And then, for example, if you have somebody not washing their hands, you can actually see that on the dashboard and you can have a conversation about hand washing with that person that did not wash their hands. Or if you see, let's say, a period of time when, when people are not washing their hands as well, you can help people with hand washing. Again, as you've seen on TV the past month, everyone is showing commercials on how to wash hands. I mean, we all thought we knew how to wash hands. Washing hands are super critical. So if we can take away the issue of cross-contamination with hands, we take away the issue of cross-contamination in the air, and we use really good cleaning protocols, I think we will be fine. Then we have the whole issue of bringing pathogens on board. So there is technologies, UV-based technologies, hydroxyl-based technologies that will sanitize both your provisioning as well as individuals when they come on the ship as well. So I think the, the cruise industry is very well set up to adopt new technologies to manage this, this new era of COVID-19. Well, delving into the hydroxyl solution a bit, is there any precedent for the use of that technology? Has it been tested anywhere else or in use anywhere else? So, yes. Yeah, so this technology is being used today in the healthcare environment. They have an FDA approval for use in hospitals and medical facilities for this technology. And this technology is being used on board, I think, 26 different cruise ships at the moment for different applications. So it is being used on cruise ships today. It's being used in many different industries. Many would consider hydroxyls to be the absolute best air sanitation, air purification technology known today. NASA has been using this technology and they call hydroxyls the detergent of the air. So we, we find this to be an incredibly valuable technology for any kind of public health environment, be it cruise ships or any other hospitality industry, medical facility, any kind of environment where you have a lot of people. Well, very interesting. So it's a combination of behavioral changes, technology, and all kinds of other creative thinking. Very interesting to hear about. There has also been um, talk from the public health agencies about requiring full-fledged intensive care units on cruise ships and plenty of extra space for isolating people should an outbreak occur. Can these things be done and should they be done? All cruise line operators that we work with, and I would say the entire cruise industry for sure, are working very actively to create a safe environment on the ships today. That is 
to enhance the medical operations, make sure that they have isolation units available with separate HVAC exhaust, negative pressure, making sure that you can isolate people in a safe environment, quarantine zones as well. All the cruise lines work on that and they've done a really good job in pulling that together. And I think we will see that going into when the cruise industry starts as well. I think the big conversation right now is about ICU and the value of having an uh, ICU on board a ship. It is a big requirement to have an ICU. It requires a lot of skill, a lot of medical staff, very specialized environment. And to be honest with you, I'm wondering if it's really the right thing to do to keep a guest or crew on board a ship when they require ICU treatment. In my mind, I think those guests are better served in a hospital where they have a broader application of healthcare. This question has come up because the U.S. wants to minimize the amount of impact on the U.S. healthcare system from guest and crew. So I know that in that discussion, there is a push to create an ICU environment on board ship. My personal view is that we should enhance the medical operations on board. We may have to go to all the way to an ICU requirement if that's what the regulators ultimately would like us to set up. And maybe it would be a requirement only for ships coming out of the U.S. But to be honest, I think ICU treatment should be provided by a hospital, not by a cruise ship. That's my personal opinion. And I, I really wish and hope that we don't take away that responsibility from the hospitals and we're putting it on a, a cruise ship to provide ICU care. It just doesn't make sense to me. Now, could the cruise industry do it if it's being required? Absolutely. Do we have the skill set to do it? Absolutely, we can do it. So it's not a question about not being able to do it. We can do it. Is it the right thing to do? That's the big question. You're listening to the first Sea Trade Cruise Talks. This podcast is brand new, and we thought it would be a great way to get conversations with key figures directly to you. If you're looking for additional up-to-date information, I invite you to head over to Sea Trade Cruise News at seatrade-cruise.com where we are reporting about the many ways COVID-19 is impacting the global cruise industry. Recently, we featured exclusive interviews with figures like Norwegian Cruise Line Holdings CEO Frank Del Rio on the day of his company's breathtaking $2.4 billion capital raise, making for enough additional liquidity to secure Norwegian for more than 18 months in a no-revenue environment. We've also got another big name in Admiral Brian Salerno, who heads maritime policy at Cruise Lines International Association. Take a look at the show notes below for links to these articles. During this pandemic and what happens on the other side of it, we'll be there for you with the latest news and developments. Now let's get back to the interview where I have a few more questions for Peter Holt of VCAN Solutions. It's at this point in our chat where I changed the conversation to a different direction and focused on the crew. Mm-hmm. 
So first of all, when we talk about crew, these crew are amazing people. They work really hard. They've been stuck on ships for a month. They don't know if they're going to be able to come home or not. Cruise lines are putting fleets of vessels to bring this crew home. So I think starting to talk about crew, first of all, we need to prove to our crew that it's safe for them to come back. And I think we will be able to do that. Secondarily, I think it's all about training. Training and communication is going to be critical. We need to provide them that training and the tools to be able to understand COVID-19 and any other kind of disease that we may be faced with on board a ship, norovirus, everyone has heard about that. So it's a training and I think every single crew member will be part of the public health team in the past. You had a group of people managing public health, you had a group of people managing medical. In the future, the red thread on board a ship is going to be that everyone is focusing on public health and medical. There's going to be a red thread and in the past, everything was about the guest experience or the itinerary or the features of the ship. Now I think everything is going to be about making sure that the red thread is healthcare is taken care of and public health and that the right policies and procedures and training is put in place for the crew. I don't know that there is any new innovations from a technology standpoint. I think there's just going to be increased training support for the crew. I also believe that the ratio between crew and guests is going to increase. So the crew is having more time to provide public health support to the ship, as well as I think there's going to be demands for crew to have more social distancing as well on board the ship. And as we know, some of them having to maybe share a cabin and we'll see how that's going to work out at the end of the day as well. Well, Peter, your company, VCAN Solutions, recruits doctors and nurses to work at sea, as you mentioned. Will there be greater demand for those jobs in the future? And will it be harder to fill those jobs given what's happened during the coronavirus outbreak? So I think most cruise lines and beyond that is going to require more healthcare staff into the future. So we know that ships are most likely going to be required to carry additional medical staff, either by regulation or in many ways, cruise lines have already talked about increasing the number of medical staff just from a best practices standpoint. So we know there's going to be increased demand. We think that those medical staff is going to have to be receiving additional training when it comes to COVID-19 and these type of situations. And some cruise lines are probably mindful about the fact that they need to have maybe two medical teams in case one medical team would be getting infected, you have a secondary medical team that can provide support. So there's a whole discussion around the medical operations and how the medical teams are going to interact. On the downside, because of the fact that, let's say maybe 75% of the cruise industry is not going to sail come August, September, and it's probably going to be a very slow ramp up, the available experienced medical teams, there's gonna be plenty of medical staff available initially that can provide medical support. And a lot of them are going to be very excited and interested in receiving additional training as well. So now I don't see it being a problem finding medical staff. In the past, there was some problem, but I think going into the next year or two, I, I think we have medical staff available. It's just a matter of providing them really good training and support before they come on board ship and provide them good shoreside support for when they're on board ship as well. 
because these doctors are alone on a ship and they they deserve and require 24-7 medical support shoreside to be able to do their jobs as well. Well, Peter, we've talked about a wide range of challenges and solutions to the COVID-19 crisis. Are there any additional things that you would like to bring up that we haven't discussed? Any parting thoughts you'd like to share? My parting thoughts are very easy. The cruise industry is a safe environment. It is the safest environment. And we will create an even more safe environment. It's very sanitary. It's very healthy. So I think people thinking about taking cruises in the future should really be comfortable doing that. They have companies that are spending huge amount of effort and time more than in any other industry that is looking after the health and well-being of their guests and crew. So I think my parting thought is this is a safe environment. The red thread is health and safety. So I'm very proud to be part of this industry and I really believe that it's going to come back very strongly into the future. Thanks for joining our first edition of Sea Trade Cruise Talks. If you enjoyed this, or if you have any topics you want us to explore, be sure to let us know on Twitter or Instagram at Sea Trade Cruise. I'm Ann Kalosh. Stay safe, everyone. <music>